podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And before we start this episode, we would love it if you followed us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore rewind. Uh, and we would love it even more, like double and a half more, if you gave us a rating. Um, preferably Apple Podcasts or whatever other podcast app you use that lets you give ratings. Um, Spotify, I think. Um, Stitcher? I don't know. I, I'm just listing apps now. I don't know. Anyway, tell people to subscribe to our show. And with that, today... Oh. Also, um, special deal. You direct message me like an address, I will send you some MCU Rewind business cards to give out to your friends. Because I found a big stash of them that I made for the 2018 Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you did that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, yeah, if you want some swag... Let us know, and we'll send you some swag. Uh, didn't think we were at that stage in podcasting where we where we had swag. They're, they're business cards. I wouldn't consider this swag. Anyway, what are we covering today, Al? <laughs> today, uh, today, after I didn't write this down, after a long time, we are finally back to one of the movies in the MCU. We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, and we are doing the first third of the movie. Because that's how we cover movies, in thirds. Anyway, so this is from the beginning of the movie until the end of the fight scene between Rocket and the Ravagers. Oh, also, uh, this movie originally premiered May 5th, 2017. All right, and here's a round rundown of the episode. In a flashback, we see Peter's father show Peter's mother an alien seed he planted behind a Dairy Queen, which is prime alien seed planting locations. In the present, the Guardians of the Galaxy are hired by Aisha, the leader of the Sovereigns, to protect a valuable Harbulex batteries. I actually don't know which is the right one, so I'm going to say Harbulary batteries. <laughs> uh, from an interdimensional monster, in exchange for Gamora's sister, Nebula, who was caught attempting to steal the batteries. That's around on the sentence. After uh, Rocket steals the batteries... For himself, the Sovereign attacks the Guardian ship with a fleet of drones. A mysterious figure destroys the drones, and the Guardians crash land on a nearby planet. Their savior reveals himself to be Peter's father, Ego, who invites Peter, Gamora, and Drax to his home planet. Rocket and Groot remain behind to repair the ship and guard Nebula. During the trip, they meet Mantis, Ego's intelligent pet person, alien woman, with empathic powers. Meanwhile, Aisha hires Yondu and his crew, who have been excommunicated from the Ravagers for child trafficking, to recapture the Guardians. After a very entertaining fight, they capture Rocket, but when Yondu hesitates to turn over Peter, Kraglin questions his decision, and Taserface leads a mutiny! I should call him Taserface, leads a mutiny! Nebula escapes and stuns Rocket and Yondu. Also, the Yarrow fruit was not ripe. I'm glad that we finally, it was proven that it was not ripe. Yeah, but, you know they they kept saying throughout it that it wasn't, and then I mean like, now we know who was right. Well, I'll talk about that when we get to Gamora. So, okay, all right, we'll that's see. good. Um, let's start with our fast facts. On your left. Uh huh. On my left. Got it. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. You didn't see that coming. Uh, do you have any Al? Uh, I do actually. I I have one. Um. So th this is, I guess, a, a reminder, because it, it's not something that actually comes up in the movie. Um, so this movie is takes place roughly, I think it was three months after mm -hmm. 
the events of the first Guardians movie. So even though there were a couple of years and we've had a couple of MCU movies, this is like, this is, I guess, the first MCU film where it takes place not in the year that the movie comes out. Um, so oh, I guess that means... Not quite. Oh, oh no. Okay. We have Captain America, the first Avenger. All right, fine. <laughs> it's the first one where it's not obvious. Okay, I'll accept that one. <laughs> okay, so uh, that does mean that this movie takes place in 2014 or 2015, depending on you know months of the year. Um, but this also separately explains a couple of things. Uh, for one, why Groot is still a baby, and then the next mm-hmm. time when we see him in Infinity War, he's a teenager. Um, and I guess it also explains why Nebula still doesn't have a a real arm because she'd lost it at the end of the first guardians movie, even though she gets a new one back in this movie. Anyway. Yep. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, most of my Easter eggs are basically around like where the, uh, new characters come from and all their background. Uh, Mm -hmm. just because I think we should get that out of the way here because it's a lot of stuff happening (laughs) in every movie. Mm -hmm. So I'll start off with ego. Who premiered in Thor uh, 132 back in uh, 1966. An interesting fact, he's actually considered a Fantastic Four character because he showed up more often in those um, comics. So Marvel traded the rights to use Ego in exchange to um, for Fox to get the rights to change the powers of Negasonic Teenage Warhead in the Deadpool movie. Okay, that's interesting. Well, do, do you know what Negasonic Teenage Warhead's powers are in the comics? No, but since I have no sense of time, I'll just spend some time looking it up right now. Okay. I, I guess that's that's a, a good way to, to resolve that. Um, yeah. I, I had she another had, question for Ego, uh, but I already forgot. She has telepathy, precognition, superhuman strength, speed, durability, and super reflexes. Okay, so, I... I guess the name fits better with the powers that she got in the Deadpool movie. Also, they can't just make anything up. So I guess that means that for contract reasons, characters still have to have the same powers and stuff. So I guess that makes sense if you're going to make it based off of the comics. The original um, contracts probably wanted some like you can't just use the name and then make literally everything up. So, okay, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you do that when you own your own stuff. Like if you've ever seen the DC movie Steel where Shaquille O'Neal plays Steel. Mm-hmm. I um, have. Yeah. It's, uh, he's uh, supposed to be a new version of Superman, because Steel was, like, after the death of Superman. But they just changed everything. Uh, <laughs> because they owned all of it. Yeah, okay. That's fair. I mean, I haven't seen anyway, that since I was a kid. Um, but that, that makes sense that it was very, very, very different. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ego was played by Kurt Russell, very famous, uh, uh, most people would know him, at least with nerdy stuff, Stargate, Escape from LA, uh, he also did Hateful Eight and Grindhouse, uh, movie Death Proof, but also, you might not know, he is, uh, Wyatt Russell's father, the guy who played John Walker. Oh, did yeah. not know that, okay, that's uh, cool. His, and, um, John Walker, or Wyatt Russell's mother, is Goldie Hawn. Also did not know that. Okay. Um, moving on to Aisha. Uh, Aisha, Incredible Hulk, annual number six, November of 1977. Um, she was not part of the Sovereign. In fact, the Sovereign is a original race for this series. Or for this movie. Um, 
she was genetically manipulated to be as a version of the perfect being. Um, she was immortal. Shoot concussive blasts. Um, she can use a cocoon to heal from damages, so that's where they got the cocoon stuff. But she was also um, in, or she also was a predecessor to Adam Warlock, who will become very important, assuming, like, Guardians 3. Because they hint at him at the end of this, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she's uh, played by Elizabeth Debicki, who was in Tenet, which I know you saw, I still haven't seen. Ugh. Yep. yep. She also <laughs> played Mopsy in Peter Rabbit. And Princess Diana in The Crown, if you're a fan of that. Uh, uh, no, you know, for some reason, I want to watch that show. Haven't good. gotten around to it. I yeah. haven't watched the last... I think I watched the first two seasons, and I really liked it. I just haven't gotten around. I think they just had season four. And I think she's Diana's in season three or four. I don't know which one. Hmm, okay. Yeah, it's good. It has a really good cast. Matt Smith is in it. Which is what originally drew me to want to yeah. watch it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, We also got Stikar and Martin X. Uh, played by Sylvester Stallone, and the crystal guy is uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who was uh, Lex Luthor in Smallville. Uh, oh, yeah. You, Along... you said that name, and I was wondering, like, how do I recognize that name? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He, he. I mean, he looks very different, but I guess that's the crystal face. Yeah. Um. I guess I don't really have to say who Sylvester Stallone is. Everyone knows he's the guy who was almost the Terminator. So I don't want to go into his stuff. <laughs> he was um, in but... Creed, right, and one and two. Yeah, Creed 1 and 2. Um, <laughs> he played a small role in the film Rocky Balboa. I can't remember the name of the character. Though. Uh, he, um, those two, along with uh, Yondu, were members of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Back in, uh, premiered in 1969. The, the also... characters, not the actors. Yeah, well, okay. right. yes. Because I know for a fact Sylvester Stallone was before 1969 when he premiered in with a world don't know when michael rosenbaum premiered which i guess it would say born <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> um Taserface, Taserface is uh, a little fact that i really like uh well he came in garden of the galaxy number one back in june 1990 but his race is called the starks because his people met tony stark in a gold suit and they thought he was a golden god much like c3po <laughs> and the ewoks <laughs> oh i love that story yeah <laughs> and i'm sure stark does too yep um he the actor is uh, chris sullivan who played benny um in stranger things the guy who first found 11 and then was un unfortunately killed spoiler alert for like the second episode of stranger things <sighs> that was the last episode i watched of that show seriously uh yeah i, I didn't get it Past the second episode. So my wife, on the other hand, has seen all the, all the episodes and loves uh, the show. I just I didn't I, spoil I, anything for you then because no, no he dies. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I don't remember, and I have no interest in going. Back. It's such a good show. <laughs> That's what everyone says. I, I know it's it's just not for me. Uh, just That's one of those fair. things. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Um, and then finally, Mantis, uh, Avengers one twelve, back in June of nineteen seventy three. Uh, played by Pom Clementioff. Have you ever seen... You probably haven't. I don't even know why I'm asking you. <laughs> um, there's a great Korean movie called Old Boy. 
I have not seen it. It's on my list. I know of the movie. Okay. But no. Yeah, that's the only other thing I saw on the list that I recognized it, other than these Guardians movies. Um, she's in it. It's really good. She they also made a remade of American. Um, wasn't as good. Or in English, <laughs> I should say. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she's a lot stronger in the comics. She's a martial artist. She has um empathy um empathy powers, but she has plant manipulation, accelerated healing, astral projection, the ability to communicate t- telepathically, and energy projection. So well, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in the four years between now and Endgame, she hasn't figured out most of that stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, she might have figured out the martial arts part. We uh we didn't see her doing any actual fighting in mm-hmm. Endgame, but it looked like she was holding her own. I guess um, she didn't die during that. So, well, yeah, I mean, in in Infinity War, she made Thanos sleep because that's her that's her move, really. Yeah, uh, but she also uses that in this in this movie. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm trying to think in Endgame in that final battle. Do I remember Mantis doing anything other than walking towards the camera with all the other female heroes? I, I, I really think that that's the one scene. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. same, that's all I could remember too. Yeah. I, you know what? I think it's time for us to rewatch Endgame and just like look for Mantis. That's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got some time. I'll, yeah. I'll do that uh, right after we record this. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Got three hours to kill. Or just spend one hour for the final battle. You don't even need three hours. I guess that's true. We we know when they all come back, so you're right. Well, I mean, like, if you're going to rewatch it, you might as well watch Infinity War to get, like, in the mood. And then, like, Endgame, or not Endgame, Civil War and, like, Thor Ragnarok to, you know, see where all the characters are at. And, I mean, maybe I'll just rewatch the whole MCU. Just it's not a safe. bad idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright. I'll see you in, like, four <laughs> days. Alright. Uh... Moving on to our heroes. It is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never said you're a superhero. Didn't? Mm -mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and uh, fantastic. Someone saving the galaxy again? I guess. Awesome. We're really going to be able to jack up our prices if we're two-time galaxy savers. I saw you. You're a hero. Like, a for real superhero, which is, I'm not, like, a groupie stalker type. All right, sounds good. Um, where would you like to start, Tony? Um, I guess we could start at Peter. The thing about this, we got a 42-minute section. Everyone has just a little bit to do, so I don't have a lot of notes for everybody. But we'll talk <laughs> okay. about everyone. Yeah, same here. So, yeah, we can start with Peter. Uh, um... So the big thing I noticed is, like, when Peter and um, Rocket are, like, fighting over control of the ship. Uh, this is maybe not Peter's section. I think that's a huge design flaw in the ship that you just take control whenever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, I, I guess that's fair. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think... Um... Would you rather have that ability and need it or not have that ability and need it? Like what's, or, or maybe that's not the right phrase. Would you rather? you rather have the ability and not need it or need that ability and, but not be able to use it. 
I, I, I get what you're saying. Hopefully our listeners do too. Okay, um, that's good. <laughs> Basically, I'm thinking, could that actually be like some sort of safety feature or something to that effect? Yeah, I assume it's so, but it should lock somebody out when it's flipping back so frequently. So here's the next question. In airplanes, in real life, yeah, um, there, there are two pilots. No, they're and, a co-pilot. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's a pilot and a co-pilot. I never know which one's which. Are they both co-pilots? Is it just two co-pilots and we never get a real pilot? That I don't know. But uh, is that how that works? Can can they just fight each other and take over? I honestly do not know. My I, I could find out, but not anytime soon. My cousin's <laughs> father is an airline pilot, so I could find out, but I won't. Um, yeah. I always assumed that they worked they in, like, tandem. Like, I assumed, like, if the left steering wheel was turning left, then the right steering wheel would also turn left. And they were, like, in on the same, for lack of a better term, like, lever. Right? So, yeah, they could fight over it, but it doesn't completely disable the other person. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, it's only it's only ever one person in yeah. this movie versus in real life. It's, like, it, it's it's one system, and they just both have controls into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that's what I always assumed. That, yeah. I think that makes sense. I also have absolutely no idea, and I don't know an airline pilot, so... Hmm. Anyway, hey, if any of our listeners know the answer to this, we're, we're very curious right now, yeah. and hopefully in a month when this episode drops, but uh, <laughs> probably still uh, by then. Anyway, let us know on Twitter. Uh, we are at MCU underscore Rewind. You can also email us, but I don't know what the email address is. Uh, MCU Rewind at gmail.com. Oh, good to know. Do, Which do I still have linked to my phone. Never mm-hmm. get an email on it, because we never uh, share it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Well, anyway, now it's out there. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, so so you know this, this whole point, this argument, and all that stuff. Uh, I one of the things I wanted to say about Star Lord because you know the last time we saw him was in the the first Guardians movie, mm-hmm. and he seems more leader ish of a character than before. And pretty much Rocket is the only one not following him at being the leader. You know, Rocket wants to be leader or at least go his own way um or just he's the cocky character that kind of thing but star lord is is pretty much taken that mantle which he kind of already had before in the uh in the first movie but um yeah he, he seems to have a little bit more of that that confidence plus he's also the one from what we can tell is is doing the uh like making those deals with people to mm-hmm. uh protect their you know annulax batteries or, or whatever popular batteries yeah yeah Whichever. <laughs> um, I never noticed it until rewatching this time. Like I've always gotten kind of Harrison Ford vibes from um, well, from Chris Pratt because when I think of uh his character in Jurassic World two, I think of Indiana Jones. But he's just really <laughs> a dumber, uh, dumber Han Solo. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think maybe because he wasn't part of a crew or he seemed competent. Because he was doing stuff by himself for most of the episode, or most of the um, uh, movie in the first one. You don't <laughs> really get his uh, his cockiness, because he doesn't really know the other characters at that time, at that point. 
don't know. I like it. I like it more in this movie. I mean, that, that seems fair. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the, uh, you know, comparison with, to Han Solo. Um, definitely a step down as far as those, oh, those yeah. characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he meets his dad. That's a big deal in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, considering he's in his, uh, we, we know his age. I forgot. He's, he's 34. Okay. Well, at 34, finally meeting his dad. I think that's a big thing. So maybe, maybe 30, maybe 33, because, um, I assume he was conceived around the time the space seed thing happens. So that was 34 years ago at the beginning of the episode. The, I keep saying episode because we're used to doing episodes. <laughs> okay. So we, between then and 20, 15 if we were to give that okay cool yeah um yeah so he he meets his dad and you know what he's he's smart at least a little bit that he doesn't automatically just rush to his father and accept everything he said he says um yeah that happens later but right now he's still hesitant (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I, I give a lot of points to um, the MCU movies for. Like, you know, we, we watch other TV shows or other movies and and it's uh, it's pretty common to be like, hey, I'm your family. And then that person just automatically like with no proof, like, well, I guess I believe you. Um, and I guess that I have to stick with you no matter what. I have mm. to help you. So I'm, I'm glad that at least in the these MCU movies, it's you know, it's not that kind of default. Um, you know, I really like in Infinity War where uh, Thor meets the Guardians and and they say they that, uh, you know, Gamora is a daughter of Thanos and Thor's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, family sucks. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> well, he knows <laughs> He's not like, oh, I'm going to kill you. With his brother. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, also, you know, MCU's, it's, it's the world of father issues. Everyone has a father issue. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of one who doesn't and i'm out carol okay. carol okay. danvers doesn't have any father issues because they never mentioned no carol's dad didn't believe in her and told her to stay down oh that's right yeah that was a so, big thing for her i mean uh, yeah they don't go into him but yeah that's a father issue right. um, steve rogers he, you know he right. never mentions his mention, dad he mentions his, his dad's mom. dead <laughs> okay all right so that's an issue uh i mean uh, uh I don't, I mean, yes, it's an issue, but it's not an issue with your father. It's an issue of something taken out of control. I wouldn't consider that a father issue. Okay. If you All get right. what I mean. So that's the best one that we, we know. Yep. Best okay. one, dead dad. All right. No, um, Sam, Sam Wilson doesn't have any father issues. Yeah, you're right. Captain America's no father's issues. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the theme. Next time they need to pass the mantle on to someone else in 10 years. Um, That's how we'll, we'll find out who is the person who, who gets it next. The person, (laughs) the one character without father issues. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Well, let's write this down now so we can, we can remind everyone that we called it. Well, I'm sure in 10 years, we'll listen to the 10 year anniversary of this recording and we'll know we don't have to write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Because that's what we do all the time. Well, we haven't reached the 10-year anniversary of any of our recordings. I'm assuming that's what we'll start doing. That's true. Yeah, we are six years away from that. Okay. Yep. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so Star-Lord beats his dad, and he's untrustworthy, which is good. Yeah. 
And Gamora is the one who's like, hey, you should uh, maybe trust him. See? I mean, at a minimum, uh, we do know that that guy has the ability to destroy an entire fleet of ships (laughs) without breaking a sweat. And possibly go from being very, very small to regular human sized. Mm -hmm. If if Rocket's vision is accurate. Yeah. Or he just moves uh, fast also. Yeah. Because he, he was far he was small when he was far away and then bigger at at nearby. So many questions about this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I'm sure um, they'll all be answered later on. Yeah, I think they actually are. <laughs> um, anything else for Peter? Nope. No, I ain't got nothing else. So yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to Gamora is the next one I have. All right. Um, she's such a hard ass, but she really does care about people. She cares, she cares, she loves the Zardu Hasselfrau story. Um, and, uh, reminds Peter that if Ego is evil, they'll just kill him. Which is totally fine thing to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of her thing, right? Like, the only person who she hasn't been able to kill is Thanos. And I guess in her mind, she's like, well, he's probably not as powerful as Thanos. Never met anyone like him. So we can just kill this guy if something happens, which I mean, I, I, I gotta trust her on that. Right. You know, given her skills and Drax and rocket mm-hmm. and Groot. And then I guess if you want to throw star Lord into with, you know, whatever abilities he has, but given those other characters, yeah, they, they can take him down. Yeah. I think rocket boots. I think that's his power. And guns, that's his thing. Okay, yeah, alright. I mean, Rocket... Nah, he, Rocket doesn't have the boots, you're right. Okay. Yeah, see? He has the name, but not the boots. Um. Also, she shows she cares about Nebula, because she cares enough not to let her eat unripe fruit. <laughs> she was saving that for herself. Yeah, probably. I do kind of wonder that, too. If everyone was like, no, don't waste it. Well, it's, it's not ripe, because then you're just going to bite it, and then throw it away. And then that's one less piece of this really nice fruit that we're not going to be able to eat. Yeah. Um, when Drax opens, uh, jumps out of the back of the ship. Um, oh no, he has a force field thing to make sure not everything else gets sucked out. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm like, how did the fruit stay in? <laughs> <laughs> they they showed it because that's also how uh, how um, Nebula stays inside. <laughs> no, I mean she was she was handcuffed to the thing, so she was not been sucked out. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so used to, at this point. It's been so long since we watched the Guardians um, movie. Mm-hmm. I'm used to seeing the best and the best, and the best and brightest, and just coming to these guys, even Gamora, who she, yeah, she's she's a hard ass, but. She's not the smartest in the crew, or, well, she's the smartest of the group, but she's not the smartest hero we have either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? Like, like every, in the other movies, they are literally the best in whatever they are, Mm -hmm. even when they're just learning, right? Like, the the last movie we did, Doctor Strange, he was the best, like, very quickly. Um, I mean, he was second best for a long time, and then eventually the Ancient One died, and then he was the best. And, uh... Yeah, this is this is the sequel, and none of them are better. Um, yeah, 
I mean, that, that's why I really like uh, Thor's like character change in Ragnarok. <laughs> He's not the smartest character because he never had to be the str- the smartest character. <laughs> like growing yeah. up, being royalty, being a warrior, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room to do that. So I'm glad they changed his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the fighter, kind of a leader. He 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 was a leader as as we yeah. saw him, but yeah. And he doesn't have to take things seriously, which mm-hmm. could be what's going on here. Definitely with Star Lord, um, I don't know about Drax, but either way, they're uh, you know they're they're a little cocky in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Drax. I mean, do you want to talk about Drax? <laughs> do we just want to move on to him? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Drax. We got a got a few things about him. Yeah. yeah. We find out something very important. He, he doesn't wear a shirt, not because of the style. It probably hurts his nipples. I mean, if it hurts, then you know, don't do it. That's uh, that's what makes it. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's what doctors tell people. If it hurts <laughs> when you poke it, don't poke it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I, one of the things that I thought was a little annoying when I first saw this movie, like, I... I think that when I first saw volume two, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was a way more disappointed because I, I was expecting to like love the movie. I was thinking it would be like super hilarious and it, it is still funny. It's, it's a really good movie, but I, I don't like it as much as the first one. And I think that's what like messed with me. And one of the things was, I think as a character change, they just made Drax stupid. Like in the first movie, he was, like he he didn't understand it was it was like a social aspect mm-hmm. that that was that was different. In this one, he seems like an actual not smart person, and yeah. I feel like that change just didn't gain any gain. I I kind of disagree. I think he was always this dumb, mm-hmm. but now he's comfortable with the other people, so he doesn't have to hide, or he doesn't have to act tough so this is like the vulnerable version of drax but he's always been this stupid it's just like you don't share your thoughts if you don't trust the people around you okay that's fair and i i I get that one that one makes a lot more sense but okay so one of the things about drax is um so at one point in in this um there's the scene where he he uh, is telling Star Lord the the story about you know when Drax meets his wife and mm-hmm. you know about some people are dancers some people aren't dancers. Um, Drax startles Star Lord like he came out of nowhere. <laughs> I wonder yeah. wonder if this is him practicing uh, being invisible and not moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, or as possibly we see mm-hmm. this is the one time it worked and he just assumed for the next four years <laughs> <laughs> that he can do that. I'm convinced he did it in Infinity War because he was not there. Like you, you get a decent shot of that little hallway there. Oh, and, you mean uh, in Guardians or in Infinity War? Sorry, in, in Infinity War. Okay. Um, I, I'm convinced in that movie it actually happened. This one, maybe it did. Maybe it was just learning and practicing. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Maybe yeah. he can do it. Maybe like he does. He he has Batman powers. <laughs> Which is that's the only superpower that Batman has is disappearing and appearing at will. Yeah, you're right. I can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. 
that that might be his actual power. Yeah. Um, unlike you, I like this movie more than the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, except for one part that includes Drax. Oh, okay. I, I think it gets too cartoony when he's outside of the ship and he hits every single tree. <laughs> Okay, that one didn't mess with me, but I, I, I get the the hesitation there. Yeah, yeah, it feels to me like kind of like that, um, that scene in uh beginning of Age of Ultron with um, with Thor, and I think it was like a metal girder just hitting everybody, and that was like a little too jerky and too cartoony. We talked about that way back when we did Age <laughs> of Ultron. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you know what? Also, that scene with Thor. I actually liked it. I thought it was a uh, showing off his strength because every so often we see these characters like, mm-hmm. hey, look, they're this size, but they're holding something super big. And it's just a reminder of how strong they are. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess this is I'm taking this as a reminder of just how tough Drax is um, and stupid, I guess, because we don't know how he would have gotten in or back in. Could he like have pressed a button and he just reeled himself it. in? It's like um, in the first movie, he called... Um... Um. Oh, Yandu the the no the accuser. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. He called him. He had no plan. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's why I don't think he's he's dumber now. He's just he's the same. <laughs> okay, that's fair. His plan of attack is attack. That's it. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um. Yeah. Also, uh, his a uh, plan of attack is going inside the abelisk um if he was a smarter character you know you can attack the internal organs (laughs) yeah so i so that was the other thing i was going to bring up too about this because because everyone was like no the skin is just as tough on the inside which yeah the skin but exactly what you just said like maybe not the heart the lungs all those things yeah Yeah, even even tearing muscles yeah Mm -hmm. so it can't move anymore yeah that would be very effective. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering, though, how did the Abelisk get that wound in the first place? I was wondering that, too. So was he wounded when he came out of the portal or whatever he was doing? It, I, I, I just assume that it got it on wherever it came from. Like, maybe mm-hmm. the other wildlife or beings in the dimension it's from are stronger or, or tougher and so those are able to pierce its skin one, one of those things yeah yeah, yeah. all right yeah um nothing for well this just shows how drax is just like a really <laughs> simple guy even with the um the scene with uh mantis like his emotions on the inside are exactly what he's showing on the outside. <laughs> That's right. No, no complexity to his character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least as of right now, I, that I think is going to change a little bit either in the next section or the section after. But yeah. Okay. All right. Rocket or Groot? Uh, Rocket. All right. I've got more notes for Rocket, I think, than anyone else. Oh, okay. Um, so we know... From the first movie, he was taken apart and put back together multiple times, how he got the ability to speak and be intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think they switched his eyes. Uh, because he, he can't tell when he's when he's winking the wrong eye. 
<laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Also gets me worried, like, how does he have the coordination to shoot and pilot if he doesn't know which eye he's winking? Um, well, he knows which is left and right. Maybe it's just that one muscle just happens to be wired differently. Or those two muscles, you know, yeah. one for each eye. That, that's that's a fair assessment, because never him, like, walking in circles or something. That would just be sad, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it would be. Uh, but yeah, it's probably just the, the muscle part. Like, maybe everything else is wired correctly, so, you know, when his left eye is open, um, he sees and he knows that's left, but he thinks he's closing the right eye or something, yeah. or he thinks he's closing the left eye. You, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, do you think winking is a, like, an earth only thing and that's why he's never tried it until probably he met quill it could be i mean there are some people who can cannot wink um only a single eye right yeah. like i thought there's there are some people on earth who can, who when they blink it's always both eyes well yeah but i yes there is but rocket i'm guessing because this is like he's surprised he's winking the wrong eye is it he's never tried winking before so he didn't know which eye yeah that that might be it yeah i mean it, it could be like a like so i guess thinking about it like why do we do it as humans here on earth um it seems kind of like a learned skill yes uh, or maybe not not a learned skill as in like you spend time to to learn how to do it like why would you do it socially right like mm -hmm. normally in the wild or whatever you don't really wink for anything you know other things like laughter smiling that kind yeah. of stuff that's a natural thing humans do but you don't just blink for whatever reason or uh, you don't just wink for whatever reason that's true there that's one thing about the jokes in this movie is it because mm -hmm. it, it's out we don't understand the complexities of the universe that they're in which is actually the andromeda galaxy um but like this next question, not really sure. Uh, there's a joke from it, and it opens up new questions. <laughs> Ego calls him a triangle-faced monkey, which implies there are monkeys in outer space. Mm -hmm. um, Nebula calls him a fox, which implies there are foxes in outer space. Thor will later call him, and the Asgardians will later call him a rabbit, which means there are rabbits in outer space. Are raccoons exclusive to Earth? <laughs> so... Okay, we don't so, know where his experimenter, which we don't know in this universe who that is, got him originally. He might have gotten him from Earth. So that's true. However, of those characters you mentioned, two of them have spent a, a decent amount of time on Earth, right? So Ego okay. called him, I mean, a, a monkey. Like, okay. he, he could just be forgetting what the animal he is, mm -hmm. um, or he could just be trying to uh, impress Peter. That, that could be a thing. Um, Thor doesn't care. He, he's been yes, to Earth a but, bunch of times. But in Endgame, the other Asgardians chasing um, Rocket call him a rabbit as well. And I'm guessing most oh. of them have not been to Earth. Oh. I mean, the, the ones who... After he takes the Infinity Stone out of um, Jane Foster, when they go back Wait, in time. Sir. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, then, in that case, yeah, I've got nothing there. Um, yeah, I guess that does imply that the 
whatever they they said uh, rabbit that rabbits exist in rabbits, uh, and at least yeah. in Asgard. Okay. Yeah, possibly which would make Kansas. sense. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, also, where would that word come from, right? I mean, it's it's English. It's Earth English that they're mm-hmm. all speaking to. That they they all had to oh. learn it, or, or I. Okay, well, um, Rocket, not Rocket, well, also Rocket. The Guardians all have uh, translator implants. We see that in the uh, screen in Guardians mm. of the Galaxy 1. That's right, okay. Cannot explain the Asgardian stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because Thor definitely speaks a bunch of languages, including Groot, as yes. we learn in uh, in Infinity War. Okay. Hmm. I mean, I guess I would understand if they he spoke... Whatever Germanic language they spoke in old Norway, or like the Vikings spoke, I could understand that. But I don't know why he speaks just plain old, like it's kind of Shakespearean, but just plain old English. (laughs) Yeah, where that came from. Because as far as we know, before the events of the first Thor movie, it's been hundreds of years since he was last on Earth. Maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So Rocket wants everyone to hate him, mm-hmm. or that's how it seems. Yeah, he's and just I've... being an ass, just yeah. lashing out at everyone. Yeah, yeah. And I've known people like this. It's easier than getting close to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes sense. I'm glad this is only three months later, because if they dealt with him for the three years between the first movie and the second movie, I think Rocket would be gone, and there'd be no explanation because he's been an asshole for three years <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I, I i agree completely that was one of the other things too that first i thought felt weird when i saw this movie because i didn't know that it was only three months later mm-hmm. uh until like at least a year after seeing the movie yeah. it, it was something that i found out way later yeah i think i found <laughs> out uh i think it was prepping for infinity war because now they have all these timelines is watching it in chronological order so you know puts captain america first avenger first and then um now captain marvel but they always put uh the uh, guardians movies back to back and that confused me <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i probably learned for the exact same reason mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so did rocket know that the Ravagers were coming? Or was he going to do all his booby traps for the Sovereign? <laughs> um, I had the same question. Because he, he was ready, right? Okay, there, yeah. there's a difference between just having the traps out there. But he was also in the trees. And he had the the, the uh, radio out there. Mm-hmm. And he was like singing. He was ready for an attack. Now, yeah. maybe he already like had the traps out just in case. And then he detected them coming. But that that could also just be a normal thing that he does too, like the you know, secret time. option number three, right? Yeah. Anytime they stop in some unknown place, not like a a city or some spaceport or whatever, he just sets up a bunch of traps just in case. Well, yeah. The only argument against that is the thing that he's in the tree, ready for them, not getting the ship ready, because <laughs> like he should be fixing the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you he, he got to take a break. You can't just keep doing the exact same thing over and over. Eh. Yeah. I mean, it's why we have day jobs, and then at night we do non-work things. Yeah, So, like record podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I'm with you. I have absolutely no idea. But um, I didn't actually think about the uh, the sovereign attacking um, as as an option. So that makes a lot of sense. Like he mm-hmm. he figured they're probably coming, so he laid out the traps and then was just hanging out in the trees. Which also could just be a normal thing that he does. He could just usually hang out in the trees when it's an option. Well, yeah, I mean, he might not be a raccoon, but he has raccoon biology, and they can climb trees. I think. Mm-hmm. Can they? I, I I assume so. Okay, I got like I'm trying to think of when I've run into raccoons, and they're always on the ground. But I don't mm-hmm. hang out in trees very often. So. <laughs> okay, I assume they can climb trees. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't spend time in the trees, so mm-hmm. there could be like a ton of them in trees all the time. Next time I go next to a tree, I'm going to look up and there's going to be like 75 raccoons staring at me like the birds and the birds. Yeah. Oh, I'm terrified now. (laughs) Thank God I'm an indoor kid. All right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And then unless you have anything else for uh, Rocket, that brings us to our newest member of the Guardians, Baby Groot. (laughs) Uh, Just finishing up with Rocket. Oh, yeah. Um, That was a badass fight scene right him against all of them that mm-hmm. uh, that that almost worked out in his favor i i guess if nebula wasn't there he might have pulled it off he was surrounded things could have ended badly but uh he, he, i i think it was 50 50 at that point if he would have come out okay if nebula yeah. wasn't there. <laughs> i mean they were aiming at each other like the mutiny when it was happening they were aiming at each other rocket's small enough uh, it would have just gone over his head, at least long enough for him to escape the area. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. All right. Anyway, yes. Now I'm ready to to talk about little baby Groot. Yeah. So starting off with his Groot dance, um, you should look it up sometime. You can go on YouTube and find it's only a 10 second clip of James Gunn dancing like baby Groot because he choreographed the dance and sent it to the animators. <laughs> Uh, that must have been a, an interesting um, uh, choreography of, of the dance. Like, you know, just de- designing what this baby would be dancing to. And, like, it seems simple, but, you know, how many hours did it take to oh, yeah. to create that dance Damn. alone? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I bet that was, like, 80% of pre-reduction was him choreographing this dance so they could start making it. Mm-hmm. Or... That's just how James Gunn always dances anyway. Like, that that's his normal dance. And someone said, hey, that looks like the way a baby dances. And then he thought, <laughs> I know, baby Groot. I mean, um, I'd, I'd believe that more, especially, you know, he's not the coolest cat on the block. So <laughs> he probably uses terms like he's not the coolest cat on the block. <laughs> <laughs> so that might be just be how he usually dances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so baby Groot's a lot angrier than adult Groot from what I see. Yeah, very different personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's coming from being raised by the Guardians. Uh, yeah, it's it's a different lifestyle. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, uh, he, I, I think a part of his, his anger is, is just um, attacking. And he, uh, you know, he sees all the other Guardians always fighting. They're attacking. Mm-hmm. So he wants to, to join in too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but he's doing it playfully, I believe. Because from what we see in later in the movie... Um, okay, so Drax flies, crashes in and destroys the um, stereo or the speakers or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
and Rock uh, Groot was dancing to it, so he's mad, and he starts, like, punching him and stuff. But when we see from what Groot is capable of later, he's being playful, because he could rip Drax's head off. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I forgot that in this movie, like, they still show still how strong of a character he is. Yeah. And then, yeah, he doesn't... He doesn't really do anything. A lot of things happen to him. Like, he gets thrown around a lot, like, during the crash landing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the big thing he does is he gets tricked by Nebula to releasing her. <laughs> and it shows, like, I think, uh, I wonder if uh, how, what he considers, is Rocket his dad? Because he's, like, he's doing it to protect Rocket. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess we don't know what he thinks of the individual characters and also how Rocket or the other characters feel for Baby Groot in, in that sense, right? Because yeah. I mean, Rocket and Groot in the first one were like best of buds. Mm-hmm. And this is like the baby of that Groot. I guess we don't yeah. we don't really know what, what they think of that, but hmm. Yeah, well they're raising but, him. They they I think at this point, a few months later, they know he doesn't have the memories of original um Groot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at a minimum, I mean, that's that's the only family this Groot has ever known. Yeah. So, like, it, it it would make sense that Nebula would take advantage of a, a child, essentially, to say, "Yep, uh, you got to let me go, so I can make sure he's safe." Because yeah, yeah. So let's let's figure out this family from Groot's perspective. <laughs> okay, Rocket is dead. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the obvious ones: Rocket's dad and Drax is older annoying brother especially yeah. when he's walking away and he doesn't want Groot touching his stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um i feel like it's stereotypical to put a gamora in the mom role but she is like the mom of the group she's the most responsible she does end up with that yeah she she does end up with that um you know set of responsibilities that is yeah. usually associated with with the mother right of, yeah. of a family um I don't know if he would consider her mom, though. Like, I, I kind of wonder if he considers, like, aunt, uncle yeah. uh, for, like, and, Gamora and Star-Lord. Yeah, I was definitely thinking Star-Lord uncle. Definitely. Like, mm-hmm. deadbeat uncle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Alright, yeah. And then, yeah, Rocket's single dad. That's yeah, fair. single dad with with uh, you know a nice group of people to help. It's it's really a whole full house uh, of people. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. This is a big full house situation right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else for any of our guardians? Uh, no. Uh, we had we hit on pretty much everything I wanted to say, so I've I've got nothing. All right. Cool. All right, well, let's uh, take a quick break to uh, play a word from our sponsor, then we'll jump back into the episode. Welcome to Baston Robbins. Would you like to try our mango fruit blast? And Jerry's named a flavor after me, so... Stark raving hazelnuts. Not bad. For your consideration, the chair. Tony, what is the difference between a battery and a capacitor? Um, A capacitor stores i have no idea i don't know (laughs) exactly nobody knows as far as i can tell one is real and the other is science fiction 
but that's where our sponsors come in. They are here to tell you about their science nonfiction product, the Harbulary Battery, by our friends from the Anulax Corporation. This revolutionary battery runs for a whopping one million seconds. One more time, it runs for one million seconds. No other battery in the world runs for that amount of time. Even better, it doesn't matter what you're powering. The lifespan of the battery is time-based, so make sure you use it on something big, like a house or a spaceship, not something small, like a handheld fan. Use promo code MCU Rewind to find out what a capacitor is, uh, the normal kind, not the flux kind. Remember, that's the Harbulary battery. They keep going and going and then stop. So buy a six-pack. Yep. Just looked it up. 11 and a half days. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was wondering if you are going to ask. I did that math, too. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, uh, I was watching a YouTube video about the Bad Batch um, oh. where they had a broken capacitor. And apparently, they mentioned capacitors are real and they store energy. And I was going to answer that, but then I realized batteries also support store energy. <laughs> so that would not have been an, a good answer. <laughs> exactly. I have no idea what the difference is. Um, my assumption is the type of technology for them. Either way, they store energy. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> but also, um, that episode, episode three of The Bad Batch, where they mention the word capacitor is mm -hmm. where I started this uh, this joke from because yeah. they mentioned that. <laughs> Good. I, at least this makes sense. Unlike you know, you hear a word for the first time in a while and then you randomly hear it. This isn't random. We just watch the same <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That yeah. that that episode just came out this past weekend. Yep. <laughs> All right, moving on to our villains. I ask you to what end? Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. It's funny, isn't it? How even the best of men can be deceived by their true nature. What the hell does that mean? That I am the ill intent. I wanted to do this together. That I suppose you'll have to learn by spending the next thousand years as a battery. Um, yeah, there are a lot of characters in this movie, just in general. Um, makes me really worried for when we get to Endgame, but... We've got like four <laughs> villains to talk about at this moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Endgame and Infinity War are going to be uh, interesting episodes. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what we end up doing with that. But yeah, yeah. for this one. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I guess we should start with the Sovereign because they're the first ones we see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're supposedly like super easily offended, right? Yes. But they're not offended when... Um, when Quill says that it would be disgusting to sleep with them. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's them being high of themselves, like high and mighty for themselves. Like, mm -hmm. no, no, no. Yes, it would be disgusting for us to sleep yeah. with you. Yeah, I, I think that's maybe where that was going. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely fair. Um, yeah, because they're, they're all there. Oh! <gasps> shocked when um when rocket winks the wrong way <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. which you know yeah he said like you're what is it, you're a bunch of i don't know what he says probably stuff we can't say on this podcast <laughs> yep <laughs> then winks the wrong way um and then they're going to straight up murder them for stealing their batteries which, like, these batteries are, we know, are worth a lot. 
Why didn't yeah. they murder Gam- uh, Nebula? We're doing the same thing. Um, maybe Nebula didn't get away with it. Yeah, so she definitely it's, it's, didn't get away with it. Yeah, because I guess in in, in the, you know the Guardians here, you know they had I don't remember how many Rocket took one two, but you know they they had them and they got they got out, which means a couple of things, right? Like one, they uh, uh, double crossed them on the job that they were hired to do, and mm-hmm. they took the money. They also like were able to sneak out with the batteries. Um, and I feel like I was going to say a third thing, but I can't remember. But let's just leave it with those two. So I feel yeah. like that stuff combined together is definitely greater than failing to even take one of the batteries. That's true. Yeah. I don't understand how they didn't know that Rocket had those batteries when Drax is walking out laughing at the top of his... <laughs> As long as, and the whole room is lined with a sovereign. Yeah, that I I don't know how they, like, no one saw that because mm-hmm. it, it it seemed pretty clear. It had to be really clear for us as the audience to see on the screen. So, mm-hmm. so they attack them with uh, drones, right? Mm-hmm. The sovereign, I like the term. The sovereign citizens uh, are too precious to let die. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we don't see that more often. Just drones going to battle. I mean, we saw it in Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm. It... Or what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna uh, agree with you. Like it, it makes a lot of sense. Like, um, you know, in the 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 different races that we see that exist, um, or at least spacefaring races that we see uh, in the MCU, like why don't more of them just send drones to keep the people safe right if especially if they have the the resources for it the technology then yeah yeah i don't know i mean yeah plus drones is something not this advanced but drones are something we have now so Mm -hmm. and well then they fail and uh they hire the ravagers to get the guardians right or are they still Ravagers? <laughs> um, they call themselves Ravagers. All right. Yeah, so, so they hire gonna... the Ravagers. How did they know that about Yondu's past with Quill? That he was the one who took Quill? Um, well, or that, that, or that Yondu they, or they that Quill, Quill was before. Mm-hmm. And if they do know, why don't they know that he let Quill go or, or Quill escaped from him, depending on how much information they have. Why would they hire these guys? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Why them specifically? Um, that I don't know. Like, I mean, I would assume that they just had spies in the area or like, they just always have spies out just trying to make sure that they have information. Yeah. Um, maybe the ravagers are, always doing something in their area so it's it's good to just know the dealings of of ravagers or people in this case people who call themselves ravagers mm-hmm. that aren't technically them so maybe there was that but your other question why go to them specifically i have absolutely no idea yeah. <laughs> no answer yeah it's weird that also they um aisha showed up in person to hire them didn't just send somebody or like a drone with a message <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a drone with a message would have been a good idea. Yeah. yeah. But 
Maybe, maybe that's just a culture thing. That's how they do things. It has to be in person to show off your elegance and yeah. how much better they are than everyone else. Plus, you got to bring out the gold carpet every once in a while. That's true. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it just collects dust, and no one wants that. Yeah. How much scoping did this take, like planning, to make sure it was the perfect amount of length? <laughs> uh, you're right, because it's not like that was some mechanical device like they they had to know ahead of time how much to to make Mm. i don't know these people have the wrong priorities (laughs) it agreed yes yeah Uh, hmm. all right who should we go on to next (laughs) um so i didn't actually write anything down for any any villains um so whatever is on your list i think is the route we should go yeah uh so we got nebula Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, was she just stealing the batteries for money? I I guess maybe she needed them for like a ship she wanted to, to charge. I I I don't know, but yeah, maybe it was that. Maybe it was just money to sell them and then use the money to buy a ship. Mm-hmm. I in my mind, she needed a ship. Oh yeah, I mean that's exactly what she asked for in the second part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I do enjoy that they set her up um, that she can't lie, or she's not a good liar. Uh, setting up that big thing in Infinity War saying he never, uh, Thanos never taught his daughters how to lie. And it makes me think, like, did she ever have to lie in the first movie? She or Gamora? Um, Gamora kind of had to lie. She had to at least pretend that she wasn't going to take the infinity gem or the infinity stone just to take it away from thanos so that there's kind of that lie in a sense about gamora yeah. nebula i don't think so ever had to do any lying and Nebula is pretty straightforward in that movie mm-hmm. yeah yeah and talking about her skills um she shoots yondu's like fin it's not a full fin but i call it the fin his head thing off that controls the arrow right Mm-hmm. Is she a really good shot, or is she a really bad shot? Was she trying to take off his head, or was he? Um, she just trying to take off the fin? <laughs> uh, so I think that she was just trying to take off the fin because uh, one of the things she says in part two of the movie uh, is that he has a large bounty on him in a number of systems. So uh, it's so. yeah, so better to keep him alive to get more money back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, moving on to Yondu. Uh, he's rejected by Rocky Balboa for, <laughs> for child trafficking. That's a lot worse than I thought he had. He was going to. He was. Um, he did previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kidnapping. Who? At least one kid we know of. <laughs> Probably yeah. more, because if it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it was just the one, maybe, maybe they would have given him a warning. I, I guess we don't know how strict they are on these things. Um, or he could have just gotten away with it if it was just the one kid, if it was Quill. But yeah, uh, yeah probably more if it was a, a definite you know, uh, goodbye from the, the Ravagers kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... The thing is, so he trafficked, trafficked in children. What was it about Peter that he wanted to keep him? 
He was skinny um, and can fit through bars. <laughs> that's what he keeps saying. Yeah. I I think maybe in part three of the movie, they, they give the actual reason. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember, and I, I think it's just he liked the kid. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's other stuff I want to get to, but that won't be until part two and three. So mm-hmm. we'll talk yeah. about it later. Yeah. Um. Now, we know the Guardians are dumb. We talked about that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're nothing compared to the Ravagers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> a quarter is twenty-five. We can't even buy a pair of boots with twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for some reason, in my mind, he was the smart one. Um, I, maybe it's just because he had the glasses on. I don't know. Did, I did they so. show him fixing something, repairing something? I I don't remember that, but maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. But he's not. They know what a million is, and they know that quarter twenty five or um is not a million. So, Taser Face uh leads a mutiny with the help of um of Craglin. Well, not really the help, but the idea from Craglin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But we'll get into that a lot more next section. Um, yeah, that's all I have for heroes. Villains. And villains, both of them. <laughs> it's confusing, because some of those guys change later. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those movies. <laughs> yep. Um, so we'll go to the guy in the chair. Guy in the chair. I think that's what I want to do. Is help people. With abilities. No, 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 no. Not those three wombats. No way. Yeah. Um, let's see. So we only have the two characters, right? Ego and Mantis? I do have something for Meredith. Uh, the mom. Peter's mom. Oh, that's right. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Let's start with her, because she was yeah. only in the one scene at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I only have one note. Um, she's really accepting about this alien spore. Doesn't even question it. Um, he kind of explains that he's planting something that will take over at least the area behind the Dairy Queen. Um, and she's like, "I don't know what you say, what you're talking about, but I like the way you say it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of wonder if he told her his entire plan and it just went over her head. I'm wondering, and this is. Well, damn it. Fine. I assume people have seen the movie. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Does she already have a tumor in her brain? <laughs> oh, at that point? Uh, <laughs> because if she that's did... like. That's like really ridiculously dumb to not even question it. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, you know, maybe considering. Like, I. So Ego never explains when she gets the tumor. Uh, like, because he said that he's the one who gave it to her, uh, but he never says like at what point. And I don't know how long it takes a tumor to grow in someone's head and for them to to die from. I mean, it depends that. how. Like, I can't remember the term, but there's a term for how quickly tumors grow at different rates. Okay. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So, I would assume she does because they conceived Peter, but. 
Ego never saw Peter, or probably he would have picked him up at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I assume this would be the last time he saw her. Okay, so... So either she has a tumor in her brain, or it's about to happen. Okay, yeah. and then even if she does have it already, like, considering the age Peter is when she dies, yeah, I don't know if it would be affecting her already. That's true. I'm just trying to give her some reason. It's just like that is that is just really dumb. Uh, it, but there it, are people like that. I just don't mm-hmm. like to think about that. She's very trusting. Yeah, she's in love with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's mainly she's marrying the alien guy. So, or at least in love with the alien guy. You don't, you don't try to understand that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that alien guy, Ego. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, did Ego use some power to destroy all the Sovereign drones? (laughs) Or did the ship do that? You know, that's a good question. I never thought... I I just assumed it was him. Yeah. um, Not his ship. And you know what? I'm still going to assume it was just him. I'm I'm assuming it was just his power. Follow-up question. Does he usually ride on the top of his ship? (laughs) Maybe. Because that seems pretty fun. If you could breathe out there. So... I'm trying to remember when the ship lands on the the planet where where they crash landed. Did he walk out of the ship or was he, he on did. top? He and Mantis did. Okay, so yeah, maybe he just got out there to see the sights. Yeah, and and see where. Oh, he had to get out to target all of those other ships with whatever power he used. I mean, that's fair. There are no windows as far as we can see on that ship. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, if they added one, that might be bad for Mantis. So, why? I I'm assuming she can't breathe in space. Oh, I would assume there was like some glass or something. When I say window, I don't just mean open to the world or oh, lack okay. thereof. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's probably we probably have like the force field, just like we see in uh, the, the Milano. Is that the name of yeah. the Guardian ship? Yep. Milano. Okay, yeah. So yeah, and that one has a handful of those um, those force fields around. Mm-hmm. So they're very convenient. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they have a lot of them because they're shot at on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely true. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows, of, <laughs> I like his phrasing, he knows about the man they call Star-Lord. Um, from what we see, it's only him and Mantis. Are they just flying from planet to planet looking for Star-Lord? Or where did how did they get this information? How did they find him? <laughs> I I mean I, I kind of think that's it. They've just been flying around looking for Star Lord, and it okay. took him three months, or three months since hearing of Star or like maybe two months. Maybe it took him a while. I, I guess he has to have been out because we see on Ego's planet, Ego, there's no one else, so yeah. they must just be flying around the cosmos. That's true. It seems really, first of all, that seems really inefficient and really lucky that they found him so quickly. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mean, or not. I mean, if they just keep having exploits, like, yeah. I mean, um, what is it? Uh, Yondu finds them. But quickly. Yondu oh, then again, mentions he, knows the he has a tracker on the ship. Yeah. All right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, 
the sovereign fine Yondu? Yes. So I, don't, I, don't I mean, know. It's the same thing. You just need to know who to ask. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't get the evidence from what we see of Ego's planet later that he has like a big network of places to, um, to find out where he's from, where um Star Lord is. I mean. That's true. Yeah, he. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He, he probably doesn't have a lot of contacts. Maybe he just has a lot of money and he just throws it around. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, he has a lot of resources. He could probably make anything he wants. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just threaten people. He is capable of that. Yeah, that's true. Come, come, come to my planet where I will murderize <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, Mantis. Yeah, Mantis. Yeah. Like she's she's very socially inept, but for someone who's never met anyone other than Ego, she's she's all right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like you, you've known like, no one else. You've been taught by this one person. So anything he forgot to mention or hasn't mentioned, um, I guess. To be fair, like we were just assuming that the two of them have been riding around. So she has met other beings, other people yeah, um, throughout the universe. Um, how much she interacts with them, I guess we don't know. Um, maybe Ego just takes the lead everywhere and he calls for her when he needs her or something to that yeah. effect. Um, I mean, yeah. it just occurred to me that she's essentially his slave. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically it. I mean, they, they said pet in the movie because um, they didn't want to say slave but yeah, that's pretty that's much because she's it. an yeah. intelligent creature <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah exactly yeah but uh, yeah. i think by the end of this movie things work out okay for her i think i'm, so. I'm guessing mm-hmm. yeah um i what i should have written in that long list of powers she had uh in the comics it specifically doesn't say she has the power to never knock her head on a door so <laughs> That's not a power she has, and Drax loses oh. that bet. Ah, oh, all right. Yeah, but that's all I have. I mean, I thought we didn't. I didn't have a lot of notes, but we're already going hour fifteen minutes almost. <laughs> I I had the the same thing, same thought. Yeah, <laughs> these movies, so uh, good, uh, yeah. so much to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Can then you know, if we try to do tangents. one episode for the entire movie, yeah. Yeah, every time we do these, I'm like, oh, I don't know how we're going to split it into three. And then every episode is well over an hour. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's good. All right. Uh, do you have anything for the 12% of the plan? I do not, no. Well, I do. Stark Tower is your baby. Give yourself 12% of the credit. 12%? An argument can be made for 15. 12%? Well, I my baby? did do all the heavy lifting. Literally, I... I lifted the heavy things. You know, I'm 12 minutes older than you. <laughs> Go. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%? <laughs> that is not a plan. It's barely a concept. You're taking their side? I am Groot. So what? It's better than 11%. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Oh, okay. Um, this makes me think. So, we're talking, you know, all right, well, I should say, uh, in my life, in the last few years, I've played a lot of tabletop RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always compare our characters to, uh, like, their classes in Dungeons & Dragons, most more likely. 
These guys are not strictly D&D characters. The Guardians are like five players. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Rocket mm. is the the guy playing a rogue who steals random stuff and throws the entire quest off the rails. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Quill is the guy who thinks he's a hero, but the dice never rolls well for him. <laughs> Except every so often he gets that natural 20. Mm. Exactly. Uh, Drax is the guy who's new to the game, doesn't know any of the lore, but he just wants to kill stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Gamora, the person who wants to keep track of the storyline. And uh, Groot is um, like Rocket's familiar. He's not really a player in the game. <laughs> yeah, definitely an NPC of some sort. Yeah. Uh, maybe something run by the, the GM. Something to that effect. Yeah, so. That's true. He's always there, but he's not always doing something until they need like a really badass moment from him. <laughs> or mm-hmm. something to make everybody laugh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, they definitely fit into the archetypes of characters, but they're more the people around the table. They're more how a real D&D game goes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. completely off the rails. Uh, fun for the people doing this. Not fun for the real-life characters or, you know, yeah. in, in, in-game real-life characters. And, you, you and, the, I mean. and the quest comes to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I think the quest comes to a lot of these other characters, but yeah, like, like I, in the other MCU stuff. Maybe I just feel how it almost feels transparent how ego just land, finds them, saves them, and then lands. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is true. There, yeah. there was this whole Deus Ex Machina thing that had to happen just to set up the the quest. You're right. All right. Um, wrap up question. Where is Gamora? Yeah, I'll do you one better. Who's Gamora? I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? You got hard, kid. Where are you from? Queens. Brooklyn. Well, then tell me what's so important about today's date. <laughs> what was the question again? Yeah, let's, uh, let's have a question for the week. And again, you know, we still put these on Twitter. We are hoping to get uh, some more feedback. If not, we might just stop doing this. We haven't decided. Anyway... Here's a question of the week. Uh, at the beginning of this movie, uh, Gamora was saying that she wanted to use a gun to fight the, that creature, the Abelisk. Uh, but then later on, she switches to the sword because, you know, that's what she's used to. She's effective with it. All of that kind of stuff. Using your skills, how would you take down the Abelisk? Well, my first thought would be, like, um, throw a bunch of D4s on the ground and that would probably kill him because they're very mm-hmm. painful to step on but the abelis can fly so that probably wouldn't wouldn't be super effective um i don't think i have any other skills other than dungeons and dragons <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you read a lot right i would choose a very boring book and bore it to death <laughs> which might work we don't yep. know the guardians don't try that that's true mm-hmm. um i mean it's a giant creature i i like dogs um you know my dog i i pet her her belly a lot she'll roll over uh-huh. so maybe i don't have to kill the abelisk maybe i just have to like start rubbing its belly and maybe it just like turns over it's like ah, yeah. oh, yay um 
and then and then it like keeps shooting that confetti stuff into the air and then like then i just have a confetti party while i'm petting this animal's belly Mm -hmm. i would bore with interesting facts my my turn of interesting facts about the marvel cinematic universe and they'd be really confused because that's where they live (laughs) Yes, yeah. or not. I mean, we don't know what dimension it came from. Oh, it could have been true. another dimension. Could have mm-hmm. been, been from here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and close this out. All right, everyone. Uh, join us next week when we will continue the uh, middle section of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, um, which is from the, uh, the this part uh, of uh, everyone arriving on Ego's planet to Peter shooting Ego for, you know, whatever reason he might shoot him for. Hmm. Um, in the meantime, please remember to follow us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore rewind. And please, pretty, 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 please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app that lets you give ratings. Anyway, this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind signing off. Have a marvelous day. But it made it clear it couldn't stay. No horror was his home. The sailor said, Bring me in. You're a fan girl.